Imagine having the life of your dreams. Not temporary cash and glory, but happiness and inner peace. Explore new ways to be a creator and take your own journey into greatness. Is it possible? What does it take to make that happen? It takes the person known for extreme results. He's called the cage breaker and the ultimate catalyst. Coming back from the brink of death and now crushing it for himself and his clients, this is your Ultimate Life Podcast with Kellen Flukiger. Hello and welcome to this episode of Your Ultimate Life, episode 754. This is the podcast dedicated to helping you live a life of purpose, prosperity, and joy by serving with your divine gifts. I have a special guest today and I'm excited because I've known Sandra. Sandra Champlain, welcome to the show. Thanks, Kellen. I couldn't be happier to be here. So I've known Sandra for several years and we've been in touch on and off and she has a really important mission that's different than most folks in terms of helping people live life and navigate through some of the difficulties. So Sandra, tell me, tell our guests what you're called to do to help people in this world. Sounds like a, who am I? What am I here for? Well, first of all, thanks for having me. I love to talk to you all the time. My, hmm, my passion is helping people live a powerful life while we're here. And the means to do that is I'm the author of the book, We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. I'm also the host of two pretty big podcasts. I have We Don't Die Radio and Shades of the Afterlife. So the common denominator seems to be life after death. And many, many years ago, Oh, I think it was mid nineties, Kellen. I went through a huge fear of dying that led me just for myself to come to grips with, is there anything real as far as the afterlife goes, or do we just die? And I found plenty of reasons to believe I comforted my own fears, but never told anybody about it. You know, I was that people who talked the lingo of the afterlife and psychic and mediumship and angels that they were a little too far out there and i never wanted to be classified as one of those people and then fast forward about 15 years my own dad passed and they went through a really tough time with cancer it was one of the hardest things i've ever seen any one of us who knows what suffering's like or has watched a loved one suffer knows that pain and not only did dad pass but my loving family, my siblings and I turned into one of those uh, crazy families that fought all the time. And the, some of the relationships were actually severed around the time of my dad's death. So I went through a period of not only grieving for the loss of my dad, but grieving for the loss of my siblings and not understanding why there were so many fights and so many miscommunications. And I hit a dark period, Callan, very, very dark. And although I wasn't honestly contemplating ending my own life, I had some compassion for anyone who's hit that low, that it's a tough, it's a tough place to be. And thankfully, you know, I was like one of those little light bulb moments that something hit me strongly. Like I'm usually this happy go lucky person, everything that comes out of my mouth normally is positive and fun. And, you know, I really am a champion for people. And who I was in that grieving period was something else filled with anger and rage and, oh, I was just messy. And so 
intuitively, I just started researching grief. Why does it have to hurt so bad? And what changes people? And I found this whole world, how our chemistry changes when we grieve and explanations of what happens in the brain that makes people fight and all those things that, that are tied in with grief. And I had, I felt like I needed to share this. So I just did a human interest audio called How to Survive Grief, and I posted it online. And it quickly went viral. And people started reporting that not only did it help them with their grief and understand relationships, but then people chose not to end their own lives because of my words. So I know you asked me one little question, and I'm going big. No, you just but it's keep important. going. It's important. <laughs> Ultimately, when I started getting emails and letters and messages about people not ending their lives. I knew I had something very sacred here and something that I needed to share because I feel like our, our lives are special and sacred and there's a reason why we're here and there's a lot to be done while we're living life. And if I can help prevent people from taking themselves out, I would do that. I knew somewhere in the back of my mind that if I ever wanted to share about the afterlife, I would have a book and I'd call it, We Don't Die. And before my dad passed, I was courageous enough to tell him about my afterlife studies. And he made me promise that I would write a book. And me, the girl who never thought I was good enough, smart enough, and all that, uh, I ventured out and I said, I'm going to do it. And so my book came out about 10 years ago, We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death, because I didn't believe this stuff myself. And what's happened since really is... Um, not only helping people believe in the afterlife, but that grief audio that I mentioned very strategically, that's become chapter 10 of the book, because like it or not, people, I think we all need to understand what happens with grief, because it's not just with a death, it could be many things that cause grief, and then how to have a powerful life. And so I put that out in the world, I maintained my job at the time, I was a chef, I catered for race car teams, and then I started just having these interviews with people. Just these actually were conversations at the time. I invented the, the name We Don't Die Radio. Just why not? And I just started airing these on YouTube and the different podcast channels, not having any idea who would ever be listening. And I was offered a speaking position at an afterlife conference. Uh, it was, I think it was 2018. And I said, of course, you know, I say yes to every interview or any speaking engagement that I can. And over 700 people attended that conference. And the conference organizer said to me, when he had people register, how did you hear about this conference? And he said, over 550 said, I listened to Sandra Champlain's We Don't Die Radio. Wow. And then I got to meet people who actually listened and hear, heard the impact the words had in their lives. So I've just kept on keeping on. And when COVID hit, my life changed I, for an unexpected way. We lost our catering business. Um, and so I felt like, oh, not only do I need to pay the bills, but this is a perfect opportunity to really launch myself and what's in my heart. And so I've created all kinds of online programs and a free Sunday service with medium demonstrations and could really get my hands into these podcasts. I was asked by iHeartRadio to have Shades of the Afterlife and who's going to say no to that, right? And so I'm more than happy to share my story, share why I believe in the afterlife, help people through grief, and then ultimately 
like you is to empower as many people on planet Earth how to have a powerful life while we're here. So fabulous. And no, that wasn't too long at all. Um, So I want to, when I met you, you were living full out was a phrase that you used a lot at the time. And that's how I remember you from when we first met. I also remember something about your curiosity about why the death of your dad caused such uh, such struggles in families. And part of your research was about that. And you discovered that that's pretty normal and then on into the grieving process and how people deal with grief differently and everything. So <clears throat> my definition of living the ultimate life is a life of purpose, prosperity, and joy that we create by serving with our gifts. And I always say divine gifts. So that's my definition. What what would Sandra's definition of the ultimate life be? Hmm. Well, I love that term playing full out. I do, I do, I do, I do. Mm-hmm. There's this thing that happens before we pass, and I've talked to some heart surgeons, you know, people, whether they have faith or not, just before they pass, they they look back on their lives. And very often, there's a lot of regret, lots of things they should have done differently. So playing full out in life, for me, means being comfortable with life and who we are. Um, being understanding, being forgiving, you know, knowing that we're at the right place at the right time, doing the best we can be, but also pushing the envelope into our hopes and our dreams. If we don't have a fear of dying, there's less fear of living. I know there are people like yourself that fear, the four-letter word you don't even deal with, you just go for it. But if we don't fear death there's no reason to fear life so those final moments for me and for others to be able to look back on our lives and just be like oh yeah i played full out i did so much more than i thought to know that we're going to close our eyes and then open them and our loved ones will be there even our pets and yeah maybe there's a few things we could have done differently but that we still have that opportunity in the afterlife being comfortable with who we are loving who we are being of service, having integrity. I think those are all elements for me. Okay, so now the part two of that is we, I mean, you're in the online world. You've got massive podcasts and people wanting you to speak here and there and about, not just about the interesting things of afterlife and communication and everything, but ultimately it's about calming people's hearts and souls so that they, they're not afraid of living, you know, in the shadow of dying. You know, those things aren't holding them down, holding them back, keeping them chained down. But anyway, we see tons of this stuff online and in the world about, you know, do what you love and the money will follow and follow your gifts and talents and all that kind of stuff. And the stuff that I say too, do you think it's possible for people to live that life while they're here or is that all just hype oh i think it's possible but i i i love the saying do what you love and the money will follow well it might someday but (laughs) i think also we should give gratitude for the life we currently have i think gratitude is the keys to the kingdom 
we can live our life with someday hoping, you know, or we can live our life right now that we've got it all right. We've got it all right now. And with that, this whole new world arises. It is very difficult for us human beings to live in the present moment and be grateful because there's so much that's happened in our past that, oh gosh, I mean, you know, I've got your book of context. I love it. I know that it's so easy to look back in the past that what I could have, should have done differently. Human beings, I think, are designed to live looking into the future. So if we can be accepting fully of what we have right now, and everywhere we look, Kellen, there's miracles around us. I tell you what, sometimes when I get caught up in my head, right, I look outside and I've got the woods, beautiful trees, and I think this planet was just rock (laughs) and trees and earth and water, and out of just those basic elements, we have everything, everything we're looking at, including the technology and airplanes in the sky and our iPhones and things. There are miracles within miracles here. So to quiet down, be present, certainly if there's dreams you want to have, go for it. But to take that time to be grateful for what it is we have now and be present, and I think that can unleash not only a whole bunch of inner power, but I also think that's our connection with the divine. Ooh, let's dive into that. Yeah, no, let's dive into that gratitude. You mentioned a little bit ago that, um, excuse me, grief causes a bunch of chemistry in the brain. I know from other stuff I've read that gratitude does that also. And so I want you to, to talk for a minute about, like I'm not looking for science, your experience, and why you think making a choice to be grateful, like truly grateful. I, you know, we can talk about, you know, people listing everything you're grateful for, rampage of appreciation. I don't like that as much as just choosing a thing or two and, you know, viscerally experiencing that deep gratitude. Why do you think gratitude is the key to the kingdom? I think there's several reasons I think that. I know on a, you know, if we get outside of the the woo-woo stuff, right? Because I do think things happen at an energetic level. I do. I mean, there's the whole study, I'm sure you know, of heart math and just the energy around people changes when they're in gratitude. So there's stuff that I think happens that way. But I also know it feels good, right? (laughs) It does. And I can give you an experience that happened that just made my life easier. And it's a strategy that I use with people and no one's ever really picked up on it that I, that I do this, but I ask people things like what they love about their life. And I remember working catering for the races and there was a time pressure that we had to pack up our equipment truck and get on the road for the next race. And the gentleman who was to drive the truck showed up and we hadn't yet finished packing. And he was just miserable, cranky, angry. So he said, I'll help you pack this truck. So it wasn't very pleasant because the guy couldn't have been nastier. And I I said, Dan, uh, are you married? Yes. I said, oh, I said, "Uh, how long? You know, uh, 14 years. I said, oh, you have any kids? And he's rattling around and uh, yes. 
He said, how many? He said, oh, I got three boys. And I said, do you remember when you're, I said, I'm single. I said, do you remember when your first child was born? And then he stopped, Kellen, and he had to think. And I could see that man transform. And all of a sudden there's a little smirk on his face and he's like, yeah. I said, what was it like when you first held your child? And what's he like now? What does he love to do? The gratitude and the joy that started emanating from that man was unbelievable. And the last hour of packing up that truck was so pleasant because he started asking me, what do I love about my life? And he had no idea of the strategy. But if he left there and, you know, the next person he met shared a little sunshine, you know, it, it feels good. And I think it's good for health reasons as well. And I've done experiments on gratitude and I don't know what's happening in the universe or how it happens, but to give gratitude, not only for what you have, but to play around with it, maybe give gratitude for something you want that you don't have yet, but you act as if you had. There was a, there was a man that I liked, Kellen, and he didn't even know I existed or so I thought back in the day and when I was cooking for the race teams. And so when I was having my, my little gratitude fest, I put that this guy called me and they asked me for a date and I, you know, had it all spelled out and, you know, not that it had to happen that way, but I just wanted to play around. Well, one day the phone rang and it was him <laughs> and it was really close to how I had envisioned it. And then I know a, a famous race car driver named David Brabham and we were at the racetrack and he says, Sandra, tell me a little bit more about this gratitude thing. And I, I said, well, if you want to play, let's just imagine. And there's this giant race that happens every year in June in Le Mans, France, 24 hours of Le Mans, the most prestigious international race team, race, um, race ever. And he says, I've never won it. And I said, okay, let's just play around with gratitude. So the two of us sat behind the kitchen. I said, what's it going to look like? And he says, oh, it's going to start out like this. And then this is going to happen. Then I'm going to overtake this car. And then at the end, this is going to happen. And then, you know, my team will have won the race. And then I said, what, what's it going to be like, you know, in winner's circle? And he says, oh, it's over a huge crowd of people. And they put this wreath with flowers and the biggest bottle of champagne you could ever imagine. You get to pop and pour over the crowd. And he, I said, okay, you can see it. I can see it. Well, Callan, a couple weeks later was that race. And that man won it exactly how he pictured it. And I was at home and I had watched all 24 hours on the television. And all I could do was cry because that is the power of gratitude. Now, did he tap into a future dream? I don't know. Did he cause it? Did we cause it? Is the power of two or more really that powerful? I don't know, but stuff happens with gratitude, real life stuff. So there you go. <laughs> Wonderful. So now I want you to tell me, what are you grateful for? And real important things in your life that cause that visceral excitement that he felt describing that wreath and the bottle of champagne. Mm. I'm personally grateful for the journey that I've been on learning about the afterlife because it's been collecting words from people of science and people of metaphysics and physics and the things that I have witnessed 
are so huge. Not only things I've heard through like electronic voice phenomena, but things I've seen. There's a beautiful researcher in Brazil who films nothing and out of it pictures come. My dad's face has appeared through her technology. Uh, my ex-boyfriend, my latest ex-boyfriend just passed a few months back and didn't he come through with pictures that there's there's no pictures like them on the internet nor could anybody have researched and found out i was dating this guy right but he's alive he's well he's come through medium readings and things so i'm so grateful that i'm a person that loves to explore i'm grateful that i'm a person who loves to share so now i've got this humongous community of like-minded people so i've got friends all over the world i'm grateful for exactly where I am right now in time and space. Because like I said, everything around me, there's, there's magic, there's miracles. I get to spend my life right now with my mom as she ages and to be able to have incredible conversations. And even though she doesn't buy into all this stuff, you know, she says she comes from a generation that you know, she she doesn't know what it'd be like if her, one of her parents came through in a medium reading, but she lets me share everything that happens. And I can see it in her face. Even when I showed her that picture of my dad that came through Sonia's technology. So she's like, that's him. She says, but there's no other picture like that. There's, you know, that's him. So she says, oh, something's happening here. I feel so much gratitude for love. I feel gratitude for the people in my life. Uh, I feel gratitude for that. I get to be this messenger. So thank you for that question, because getting to share that, you know, I'm at gratitude number 10,000 right now. 10, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the reason I wanted to do that is because you said earlier, gratitude is the key to whatever. Yeah. And then you describe this amazing story with this dude, and then you've just walked through actual expression. And mm -hmm. I want you to tell me, the listeners, how do you feel right now? I feel happy. I just want to share this happiness. I'm glad I'm sharing it with you and your listeners. You've got a big smile on your face. I've got a big smile on my face. It's good. It's good. So is it any wonder then that gratitude spawns compassion, creativity, prosperity, opportunity, growth. Is it any wonder that that happens? No wonder at all. It is the keys to the kingdom. I really think it is. So that's that's fabulous. Um, <clears throat> so I'm going to dig into a couple of other things. When you like you have a, a huge community and they listen to your stories and interviews, your encouragement, they benefit from your research. Do you have, you said you'd created a bunch of programs to help people uh, maybe understand the afterlife, maybe learn how to be grateful, maybe uh, deal with uh, suffering, sadness, and grieving. What kind of things do you, how do you help people? How do you take this a massive research you've done and this following that you bless in a lot of ways. I mean, podcasts are free and YouTube channels are free. And so there has to be a way to allow people to express their gratitude for you by paying you. 
And That's sometimes right. with coaches, I say, well, they're, you know, they have this thing around money. All, all creating programs and products is just allowing people to express their gratitude for what you're doing in the only form we have, which is money. So That's what right. do you have? What do you have available for people to, to, to help people with these things or, or something I haven't even asked about? No, no, it's great. <clears throat> the, excitement for me is I'm at a, on a journey of creation now. So the past couple of years, I went from not having anything online to really what, what can we do? So I am best friends with three of the best evidential mediums on planet Earth that are also, well, two of them are also into or have studied and have been life coaches and the theme behind everything. And this is also why we offer that free Sunday service. I was telling you about to get people in the door to listen to my audiobook or listen to a podcast or read my book. I love sharing about the afterlife, but the truth is Kellen underneath it all is helping people through grief and helping people have a powerful life. So right now, the, if you imagine the funnel, you know, a lot of people talk about the funnel and people coming in, they come in through those, those ways. And what we offer right now is we have really good mediumship classes, not that people need to take a class to go hang a shingle and charge money and be a medium, but to understand how our psychic ability works, how that gut intuition works, how the folks in the afterlife, as much as we want to have lights going on and off and hear a song on the radio and go, that's my loved one. It's so much more subtle than that. The psychic and medium communication comes through our imagination. So to give people that experience, and then in all of our classes, we work with people on Zoom. So it doesn't matter if somebody's 3,000 miles away or on the other side of the world. For them to think their imagination is telling them some certain things. And meanwhile, the person in the screen across from them, that's their loved one. And they know things about that person, their life, their loved ones. To have an experience of mediumship, say in one of the classes, gives people a whole another world of what's possible you know that we're not just the skin and bones we're so much more so Mm -hmm. we offer incredible mediumship classes uh there's also a world of what's called trance mediumship where somebody can close their eyes and some people call it channeling which i know we all have these amazing souls and some good words can come out but trance mediumship is actually a person who has once lived being able to speak through you and not in a scary way no possession or anything so every week on Friday, we have a beautiful sitting that starts with sitting for healing. And we have one of the top trance mediums in all of the world by the name of Scott Milligan, who will do a demonstration. And we get to have an extraordinary conversation every Friday with someone who's actually in the afterlife. And this gentleman that speaks uh, born and died in the 1800s, And I have listened and been the moderator and talked to this guy for hundreds and hundreds of hours. 
the intelligence that comes through about the power of life and living life and what the afterlife is like. It gives me goosebumps to even think about it. And so we offer that. There's also all kinds of questions about uh, questions, of courses about like getting in touch with your own spirit guides, um, living a powerful life. We've got one going on right now, new year, new start, um, things about color and creativity and yeah, so, I wanna, so I want to, here's what I want to do. We've just got a couple minutes left and I want you to tell me a couple things. One is I want you to tell me for how to, how people can get a hold of you, because I'm assuming, I'm hoping that you and the folks that you're working with have, have figured out how you charge for this, how you create yes. business around it. good because People don't take advantage of free stuff. They don't trust it. They don't believe it. But when they pay for it, it's more valuable to them. So it isn't even about hoping you and your friends get rich and fly Learjets. It's about helping people treasure what you're offering them. And just in case people think any of this stuff is weird, Abraham Hicks, the whole book is about, quote, this channel stuff. And I've got a book. Uh, that's supposedly written by Yeshua ben David, which is another name for Jesus, called The Way of Mastery. And it's fabulous. And it's written in the voice of, and it's written by the Shanti Cristo Foundation. And I think that book is heroic and I love it. And there's the whole Course in Miracles. And so lots of things that you have heard of, not you, Sandra, but you listeners and you too, but are, are part of this thing. And so I want you to tell us where to find it first then i'll ask the other question easy to remember we don't die.com that's it couldn't be easier we don't die.com i've remembered that ever since we met x years ago so we don't die we don't die we don't die that's the book that's one of the we don't die radios it's the website and if and it isn't just about and it's what i'm hearing and i'm repeating it's not just about okay there's an afterlife okay, maybe you can communicate with or whatever. It's about learning to hear and trust your own intuition. It's about living your own life all full out, as Sandra said, and it's about learning to find and serve with your own gifts. Am I right? That is it. Perfect. Yeehaw. So I want you to leave us with a final thought that will be gently etched in people's hearts. Well, I think it will be the last podcast that I have. I had an aha moment this past week. We often hear of deathbed visions before somebody passes. There's a loved one there. Even Steve Jobs' last words, oh, wow, oh, wow, oh, wow. There's a doctor named uh, Christopher Kerr that took this research one step further. He works for hospice, and he studied over 1,500 people. And not only are those deathbed visitations there, but we start dreaming before our passing. Few weeks, few months. And I'm not talking dreams like I don't remember them when we wake up. They're dreams that are just as real as you and I talking right now. People have dreams of their loved ones. They have dreams of being younger. So I've learned that the dying process the natural dying process is not one to be feared it's gentle it's loving our loved ones are there it takes away the fear and so 
for everyone to know that when we close our eyes that last time, our loved ones are right there. Like I said earlier, even our pets are there in a world that's so much more real than we experience right now. So to live life right now, Kellen, with this space all around us, knowing that we've got these invisible cheerleaders that know how precious life is and want us to get the most out of life right now. And that all we need to do is be present, trust some of those pictures and thoughts and feelings that come into our mind will have us be right on track, that we're never alone, we are loved, and we can never fail. So I want everyone, thank you. That was fabulous. This has been fabulous content. And I urge the listeners, listen a couple of times, figure out where your 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 mind says, oh, no. And there's the place to examine. Because what Sandra has talked about here is truth. There is an exact formulation. Yeah, who cares? You're a divine being. You've been somewhere. You're here for a reason. Live full out. People are there rooting for you, and you'll be greeted on the other side. Sandra, thank you for being here with me today. You are most welcome. Thank you, Kellen. I want everybody to listen at least twice to this and realize there are nuggets here for you so that you can start right now and create your ultimate life. Open your heart in this time around. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We hope that you take it deeply into your heart and decide for yourself how you can create anything you desire. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends. As always, we'd love to hear your feedback and topic suggestions. Until tomorrow, this is Your Ultimate Life with host Kellen Flukiger. Stand with your heart in the sky.